Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Hey everyone, we have our first guest today. Today very exciting day. Very exciting today. Yeah. Uh, we have Alexandra Bunting and Savannah O'Connell joining us. They are extremely into the Idaho murders specifically. Alex has been a lot of people's go-to. I'm sorry, I called you Alex. I know it's Alexandra. Sorry. It's totally fine. You can call me Al <laughs> if you want. Al like has been Al. a lot of people's go-to for Idaho updates via her Instagram story, which if you don't already, follow her. It's at Owl, O-W-L, Bunting, B-U-N-T-I-N-G. Your updates have been so helpful for me because they're, I am swamped in reading those Reddit and Facebook forums and everything. And we still have 995 pages of evidence we have not seen. I know it's crazy. I, my real job is certainly suffering from my constant coverage. <laughs> I was going to ask because you're, I had you like screenshot a, a text or chat or something between you and a coworker and the coworker said, have you finished your presentation? And your response was what presentation? I was <laughs> like, holy shit, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is hilarious. They have an announcement, an exciting announcement at the end. But first, I want to ask them to tell us, tell us a little bit about themselves, how they get into true crime, et cetera. So go ahead. So... Hi, my name is Alexandra. Um, I grew up in Virginia, New Jersey, and I think my first taste of true crime was the OJ case. Um, I can remember sitting in our my parents' kitchen and watching the Bronco chase and watching my parents and their reaction and just kind of thinking to myself, like, holy shit, this is a big moment in history. And from then on, I became obsessed with the OJ case. I had to leave. I think I was in like seventh grade and I had my mom pick me up from school so I could go home to watch the verdict in the comfort of my own home. Um, <laughs> and I was really, really little at that point, but um, I was just completely fascinated by it. There's just so many intricacies and um, so many different players. And, you know, obviously OJ is such a big name um, mm -hmm. and that case just completely captivated me. And then it kind of catapulted into every other murder case after that right um, so. a classic it's oh my classic. god first of all that um, low speed chase was hilarious and because he's going 40 miles looking back hour. yeah yeah looking yeah. back and it was like the first taste of kind of reality tv like it was live and he was totally a huge athlete so popular lovable up until now um or up until that point so yeah that was a crazy one I love it was you got checked out of school for the verdict <laughs> I, I, know, I can only imagine what my mom said to the principal to let me leave you know like <laughs> the principal's really like I actually I get it yeah, well, yeah. it's on in my <laughs> office right now if you want yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and it was just so crazy the overwhelming amount of evidence they had against him um and the fact that he he got off was just mind-blowing you know mind-blowing um, and then you had all those colorful characters, like you had Judge Ito and you had Cato Kalin mm -hmm. um, and then Marsha Clark and, you know, just these colorful characters that were just yeah. like, you couldn't make it up, you know? And they were also shot. Robert Kardashian's face when the verdict's read is like, are y'all serious? He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, kidding. I pulled this off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh weird. my God. Savannah, so what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, so Alexandra and I have been best friends um, since we were about 12. So I feel like I've been on this journey of her OJ obsession um, for a long time since then, pretty much. Um, but I grew up in New York City and um, I remember where I was when the OJ verdict came out and I was really on OJ's side. And I remember there being, you know, it being very like a cultural divide that I wanted to be a part of. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, these moments in history where you remember where you were. And of course, Alexander and I remember where we were at that moment. But um, for me, I think, you know, I loved watching Law and Order when I was younger and that they were, you know, adaptations of real things that were happening in the press in terms of disappearances and murders and tragedies. And I, I thought that I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. And I thought that I just felt as if 
you know, true crime and crime was so fascinating from such a young age. And I feel like it was sort of a law and order thing. But also, you know, another thing that I was really interested in when I was younger was the Michael Jackson case, you know, not not a murder or a disappearance, but that really captivated me at such a young age. So, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Life. It's like these influential people who do horrible things. It's just so fascinating for some reason. And everyone's yeah, into it. It really is. I wait, I have a question though. So you're on OJ's side? I know. Yeah, I was. You know, I I think um just growing up in New York in the school that I went to, I I think I I felt as if there had been so many injustices. And I don't know if you all remember, but this happened so close to the Rodney King beating. Oh, yeah. And I think that I just felt as if, you know, there was a segment of the population that had been oppressed for so long. And I was really on the side of the law that I thought that he should be, you know, given a chance in this situation and that the evidence wasn't all there. And if there was any question that he should be acquitted. So that I, I mean, I think I was in like sixth grade and I think that was really my point of view that it has since wow. changed. I was going to ask, like, do you still see him? Oh my God. But I feel like people wanted to think he was innocent. He was an American hero. He Mm -hmm. was likable. He had that big smile. He, like, you didn't want to believe that he could do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like Michael Strahan. Killing brutally murdering. Like, he's so lovable. He's on TV. He's like a host. (laughs) (laughs) He's just about to make. And Kelly Ripa was like Nicole. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It'd be like I, everyone I was just America's sweetheart being like, oh, I'm devastated that this could happen. Yeah, everyone wanted to believe him. Yeah. Unfortunately, ooh, he yeah. did it. He did it. Yeah, <laughs> no him. doubt. He did it. We actually have, we're talking to my fiance and I are in talks with Cato Kalen to have him make a cameo at our wedding in September. Um, so he might. Savannah, have I told you that? Speaking of cameo, yes. Yeah, I thought you weren't supposed to tell anyone, so I'm glad. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it. don't tell anyone. Uh, <gasps> wait. No, please let us leave it. Please. No, okay, or you can leave it. it. Or you beep can it. leave it. Or beep it. Beep, I doubt anyone Kato's cares name. about my wedding. Do you all know? Um, the, OJ's uh, trial is on oxygen right now. That is so oh my weird. God. That is so weird. That is wait. So weird. Okay, sorry. When you said... Sorry, when you said cameo, I was thinking in person. I was forgetting about like actual cameo. That's a good one. No, 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 no. Yeah, so, no, we were, I mean, in person, but he also, we did a, also he did a cameo. For Alexandra for her first Mother's Day as a mother. And like um, her fiance Rollins is really funny, but like, you know how you like to be very skeptical of whoever is marrying your best friend, which, you know, our group of friends was, was skeptical of Rollins. We love him now because- for Alexandra's first Mother's Day. This was when Cameo was like a small thing, like no one really knew about it. Mm-hmm. I think that he paid through the platform $80 to have Kato Kalin sing like a, a lullaby to um, Alexandra honoring her as a mother and as like a weirdo who is obsessed with the OJ case. Oh my it. God. So good. And Kato uh, actually like called him. Die. He gets her. Yeah. Like, he, he, like this, like you got her. It was yeah. so funny. Rollins no. said he was in Publix, Publix and Cato actually called him and was like, hey, it's Cato. Let's talk about the cameo. And Rollins was like, this is the most random thing in the world. <laughs> oh my God. And now, and now you have his God. number forever. Yes. I'll send you guys the video. It's really funny. Please. That Best is, day of my life. <laughs> I mean, so really hit then, the nail on the head with that one. What a great gift. Amazing. Right. That is incredible. So what's he going to do at your wedding? Just I think he'll just come and like, I don't know, make people laugh and socialize. I think my mom will be kind of pissed, but whatever. We wanted to have him officiate, but we thought maybe the church wouldn't like that. So, (laughs) Oh my God. Maybe not. I hope he's prepared for the amount of OJ comments. I really do. No one one is going to get him, right? OJ comments, you think? I think think he's fine with an interview too. I think he's fine to talk about it. Yeah. I think it's like his identity, you know? Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. Wow. He's like the quintessential couch surfer, you know, yeah. he's been like <laughs> a like, guest, a house uh-huh. guest for so long. That is wow. When is your wedding? September 16th. That is amazing. Congrats, so by funny. the way. Congrats. Thank you so much. <laughs> so when Idaho happened, did y'all just like, you're just, all right, I'm in it now. There's four murdered college students and that's how you just, you were just sucked in. 
and now you might go to Moscow. You can just tell your, let's just do the big announcement now. Okay. I missed, I missed this part because I was having technical difficulties. Oh my God. Tell what? us everything. Tell so me I everything. I say like over the years, Alexander and I have always, you know, we've been really close, but when something really tragic and really sort of difficult to unpack um, happens, we just go crazy trying to answer all of the questions that don't make sense and sharing all of this information that we dig up together. And I would say the cases that we have been the most fixated by have been the ones that to us sort of hit closest to home. So kind mm -hmm. of maybe divergence from the OJ situation. So there's a case about um, a girl named Maura Murray who disappeared. And this is a case, I mean, you all probably know about it, oh, but most yeah. of my friends, like Al will bring it up at like two in the morning at a party and people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Absolutely. Can, wait, we all go to Vermont and solve that case? In New Hampshire. Well, New Hampshire. Or New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I mean, I've tried I, to get Savannah to go with me, but we haven't had time, I guess. Like what happened? Sorry, you no. keep going. So, if so you want to give a synopsis, some people. No, I think it's so interesting because, you know, for instance, I don't know if this is true in your lives, but for, for me, Alexander's really the only person like in my close group of friends who cares about true crime the way I do. And I think for the most part, they think there's, my friends think there's something wrong with me because um, it's something that I'm so fascinated by. My husband is like, he, he's like, you, like I listen to Dateline in my AirPods while I go to sleep. And he's like, you wonder why you're in a bad mood um, or, you know, think or that stressed I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I think that for us, it's kind of like this, this idea that, when you can really relate to something or when something feels like so close to something that could happen to you, you just want to know more and more about it. And you identify with the victims and the family members and the people involved and you want answers for them. And I think that's sort of this like, like directs this crusade that we go on in some way. And so with, um, you know, with Gabby Petito, we were really interested in it. And I tend to think that, you know, there's so much media attention around this idea that like when the pretty blonde girl goes missing, everyone mm -hmm. cares about it. And then, you know, they're Native American women and Black women who are murdered and disappear all the time. And their cases just don't get the same kind of scrutiny or spotlight or attention. And I've, I, you know, it's something that Alexander and I talk a lot about, but I do sort of think that part of that is because you have someone like Gabby Petito who disappears and so many people feel like they know her, like she's right. that girl high school with or summer camp with, and that that kind of heightens the interest. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And so that that's absolutely sort of like why I think we felt like we were so interested in the Idaho murders case, because we felt like we lived in that house when we were seniors in college, we felt like Moscow was actually really similar to the college towns that we went to school in. And mm -hmm. I really think that that has a lot to do with why we were so compelled to find answers. Could not agree more. I 100% agree with that too. And the thing with, with Idaho and, and Gabby Petito is there is obviously a thing where pretty blonde white girls who are in these cases who are the victims do get a lot more media attention. But the other thing with it is the, it, those cases are so, they're not black and white. They're just so mm -hmm. bizarre. Gabby Petito went missing. They were putting their entire lives on social media. You could go to her Instagram page and see what she was doing yesterday. And then Brian came home, but without her and was being really weird. Then he went camp, like it just mm -hmm. kept, kept going. We were like and watching then, it live. Right? Yeah, and then he went missing. And then same with Idaho, like you're like, wait, I lived in a house full of girls and oh, yeah. it, it seemingly was random. And then there's two survivors and you're like, wait, why didn't they get, it just right, keeps yeah. going, it just keeps weirder going and, and, weirder and weirder. And that's what's like holding my attention. I'm like, and yeah, that's what happened. Like, we went to what got us into true crime is we went to high school with Natalie Holloway. Um, oh, Y'all okay. remember? You guys from Birmingham? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so nice. that got obviously worldwide mm. attention but yeah. it got a lot of backlash on the pretty white girl went pretty blonde white girl went missing and it's you know how many people get murdered a year on islands yeah. like, but it's not just that she was with 133 of her friends on, on a spring break trip Ugh. yeah it was a dutch well-known dutch boy who's 
his dad's the only judge on the island. It's just, it kept getting complicated. And then like his dad dropped dead, thank God. And, (laughs) and then another one who was accused got stabbed in Florida fatally by attacking a woman and she stabbed him. Like it just kept getting, it's just the soap. And then Natalie's mom dated John JonBenet Ramsey's dad. You can't write this. But yeah, so it's just, and to y'all's point, it's just like that, it's just so intriguing aside from the fact that we knew Natalie, you were her 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. And we were the college students and that we lived with girls. We've heard our friends, everyone's some people are up in arms about dylan hearing crying and whatever i'm like we've all heard our roommates for what all we knew drunk crying i don't you know Mm -hmm. it's just i relate so hard i empathize sympathize with dylan so hard for that Mm -hmm. she's getting so much backlash and all that but i'm like y'all have lived everyone's lived with a house full of college students where yeah it's just especially a social one or the party house or whatever people are in and out people get drunk and cry it was 4 a.m come on it's just yeah that is, well I've seen uh, both sides of that of like how can four people by one person get I think did you share this yesterday the stun mm-hmm. gun thing is, yeah maybe the stun gun silenced everyone or how could there not be blood curling screams but I've heard someone commented on one of those posts that was like I was attacked by someone in my house someone I knew and like the fear t- literally took the air out of my lungs. I did not scream whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And when the cop, when it like finally, when it was all over, she like had a reaction and screamed. It was like panting. It was like freaking out and called the cops. And when the cops got there, she was like, why, why could I not make a pee? Mm-hmm. And like, was she by herself? She was or, by herself. So see, that's what I wonder. It's like, you know, there had to be one person with the victims and, and watching kind of. So how come yes, that person, I maybe I guess if they were tired or asleep or um, inebriated or mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, just, I know myself and I feel like I would be screaming my fucking head off. Yeah. I don't know. But right. I guess you can't say if you've never been in that position, but, um, well, and there very well could have been screams. We just don't know it. Obviously there's a lot that's been omitted from the um, probable cause affidavit. So. Right. Um, and there's 995 additional I know. pages that we haven't seen. Like I know the, the stun guns are really, I think that has legs on it. Yeah. Can uh, they tell if the, if a stun gun was used, like, does it leave a mark? It, I, it usually leaves two like burns. Like yeah. I think they would okay. know what's interesting to me is I just started reading this vanity fair article that came out, I think last week, it's like 35 pages. It's long, but one note for Xana and Ethan, I believe it may be Kaylee Madison too. I haven't gotten there yet that their faces were, were fine. They were Pristine. stab wounds. Yeah. Their faces were fine. So I'm like, did you cover one with a I don't know yeah, like, like smother yeah smother. right and but mind you this is very similar I'm sorry we're not done no I'm just I'm I'm trying to think of that dynamic with Ethan being in the picture though because he was big yeah he was, he, big, he, dude. he was tall he he it just seems like but again but I don't want to be disrespectful or assume anything but he could have slit his throat done yeah yeah it could have been very quick this is total speculation, but that Ethan's hamstrings were slit. Yeah. And so that it would, you know, disable him from being able to stand yes. up like back in any yeah. way. Terrifying. Whoa. I don't know if that's true. We've read so we've read some. I know. I keep reading that he was asleep. Um, yeah. And that he was found in his bed, but it's all speculation. I know that's everything up until this point is speculation. Is it, we yeah. know that you know, BK or whoever the if it was Brian Koberger, according to his his phone records, that he was circling the house and he would have seen, we, and we know from Nancy Grace that you can see inside this house. You can, you know, see people making food in the kitchen. You can see one of the roommates with her boyfriend in her bedroom. You can see Maddie's, you know, pink boots and the M in her window, mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. things. Very easy to see into this house. So he knew that Xana was awake. Um, mm-hmm. Someone was awake in the house and probably- The DoorDash guy had just come she had gone yeah. at four so and wouldn't he probably have seen Ethan's silhouette if he was casing the house for that long as well and thought well if the girlfriend is awake there's a good chance the boyfriend is awake too I mean it just seems as if for whatever reason he wasn't afraid of mm-hmm. awake people inside the house yeah he didn't care no yeah. he didn't 
That's a good and point. It would it be interesting to see the contents of the DoorDash order if there was enough food for two, like, for example, two, you know, hamburgers from Jack in the Box or whatever they have, or, you yeah. know, to see if, because that would indicate that Ethan was awake, I right. think. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. True. That is a good point. But y'all remember, this was episode 29 when I did the Adrian and Sonia, Lauren Minza and Leslie Mazzara episode. Yeah. If y'all... You might not know the story and that's fine, but I did an episode a few weeks ago because it reminded me so much of the Idaho murders. They were living in Napa, young college student, young, fresh out of college students. And a guy came in and killed two of the three of them. And Oh yeah, Lauren I remember Mesa, this. Yeah. It was she the was boyfriend in her room. Yeah, of was, one of yeah. the friends, right? Yeah. Or the fiance. Yeah, yeah. the fiance yeah. of fiance. one of the roommate's friends. And Lauren Minza was in her room with her dog. And she was just standing in the doorway while she heard her roommates getting attacked. She just, the freeze flight or fight and she froze. And I bet, I hope she's reached out to Dylan and Bethany. Yeah. I'm like, and she's like, don't underestimate what you do. And then when she did go up there and again, we know, we don't know half of what happened that night, Mm -hmm. but Lauren did go up there and saw her roommates dying and the police and the 911 dispatcher told her to get out of the house. So it's, I mean, I just, I'm like, we don't know what happened. It's just so much up until this point speculation. And that's the one thing that I know we have the sheath and there's in fact DNA on it, but the only thing DNA doesn't prove is a timestamp. Like, I think the defense is going to say the when, are you the when and the how, when did that get there? He, he dropped it weeks ago at a party or someone stole it from his house and it wasn't him that used it. His DNA's on it because it's his, but it wasn't him, you know, I think. Yeah. That's what's going to kill me. He's going to fight tooth and nail and plead not guilty. And it's going to go to trial and we're never going to know a motive. We'll know like the prosecution's theory, but we're, I'm like, we're he's, unless he confesses, we're never going to know a motive. I know. Oh, I know. Or like if he saw Dylan and why he didn't kill her or if he just I didn't really want to know if he saw Dylan there. That's one of the things. So like Alexandra and I feel like this, this case has, it's like every time you have questions that are answered more and more pop up. And that's one of the reasons we're like, we love, you know, your podcast and so many of the true crime podcasts that, you know, focus on a different case each episode, but we're like, this is truly, you know, one of those cases that we can make an entire season out of because yes, there's There's so so many layers. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, you know, for us, why didn't Dylan call 911 at the time that she Mm -hmm. saw, you know, the man clad in black with a mask over his face um, is a huge, huge question that I think the internet erupted over when the affidavit came out. But also, did he see her? And if he did, why did he let her live? Like, it's just... It's so fascinating and we, we may never know the answer to so many of these questions. And I just wonder sort of what, where, if he did do this, which, you know, our opinion is that he did, but you know, where, where his kind of mindset is in this is like, he was so sort of careless, right. By he, so so many things like with the phone, he never, ever turned off his phone. Like he got that phone in Pullman, Washington at AT AT&T, like in June or whatever, he never turned off his phone. You know, some people put them on airplane mode when they sleep or turn off their phone from time to time, just to like, whatever. He never turned off his phone except for, for those, you know, three hours, two hours around the time that he left his apartment. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. But, and then, you know, driving his own car, all of these things, it almost makes you think, did he want to commit this, this crime and sort of this mass murder and, uh, and kill these four people? And then to get caught and then to have this elongated media moment where he can, you know, mess with the public and mm-hmm. law enforcement and prosecutors and all of this. So I think it, it will be really interesting to see how much he stands behind not being guilty or if it is some kind of game for him where he really wants to, you know, right. Play- mm-hmm. That's I think a the really latter. good point. It is a good That's point. A and really I just can't point. help but to think it's the latter. I think yeah. he's gonna love the limelight. He's yes. loving it. He's mm-hmm. we know it'll go to trial because he'll love the notoriety that oh, comes yeah. with being on the stand. Yeah. Or I guess he wouldn't take the stand, but I, I highly yeah. doubt that that Dylan saw him because you have to remember that law enforcement investigators told the public that Bethany and Dylan were on the first floor throughout the duration of the evening. Not one of them woke up. If he had been following the news, if BK had been following, he would have been like, That's bullshit. I saw her. 
you know, like that's, she was on the second floor. I passed her, you know, so I that's think they, true. they were trying to protect her in some way, but um, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like if he had seen her, she would be dead. Right. I, I think agree. he was Love. in escape mode. I think he, yeah, just he was like tunnel escaped. vision to the sliding door in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. I've actually literally seen that if you reach a level of adrenaline, you literally get tunnel vision. You cannot see side to side. And also turning the corner from Xana's room, p- going past Dylan's room through the kitchen, out the back door, that good vibe sign is the light right, right yeah. there. That light, he could have illuminated not him. Yeah. yeah. It was what almost Matt, like a spotlight on, yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. So he, if she, especially point. if she was like, just barely, she didn't open yeah. it wide probably. If it was just barely cracked, I bet he just had totally. no idea she was standing there. Right. Yeah. Like the Terrified. good vibes could have saved her life. The For real. good vibes. Yeah. What, what I want to know too with that though is if it's, if the whole house was targeted, why did he not even attempt to open her door? Unless it was just locked the whole time and maybe right. he did and he was like, fuck that. Um, I, so, you know, some, we haven't had a lot of like new, um, evidence come out since the affidavit. It's all mostly been hearsay, but we did have that people article that came out that said that, um, BK was following Xana, Maddie and Kaylee on Instagram and that he had three of them. And I wonder if he had been, um, following Bethany and Dylan as well, if that would have come out or if truly he was only following the three of them and that, it was targeted to those four specific people. And I also, you know, sort of think that knowing that we have at least 12 pings of his cell phone near the 1122 King Road house um, and that he was outside and probably saw that Xana was awake and all that, that there's a good chance that he knew enough about where everyone was in that house and what was going on in that house that he really was targeting those four students. Yeah. Because right, you have yeah. to remember that Dylan moved up to the second floor like a couple of weeks prior to the murder. So right. if he had been casing the house, he would have thought that Bethany and Dylan were on the first floor, which essentially is the basement, you know? So he mm-hmm. would have, maybe he didn't even know that she lived in that room and thought it was empty. That's right. That's yeah. a good point too. Yeah. God, I just need him to fold like a piece of paper and just tell us everything. Well, I know. Everything. It's like a post-it or something. Come on, Brian. Wait, so his eyes gonna... are so scary. Have you noticed he has shark eyes? They're like yes. menacing. Yes, is repulsive. And have y'all so seen that? There's already followers of him and fans of him. Oh, he's getting like fan mail from crazy women. And, he is. Ugh. There's a woman on Facebook very vocal about yeah. his, her love for him. So a gross. Doctor. So wild. Um, it's disgusting. So y'all are going to Moscow though. <laughs> Tell me more about that because yeah. I think we started there and then we just kept going. We kept going into the Ida shit talking BK. Per usual. Yeah. Yeah. I think going back to just sort of this idea, and you all can relate that's the having gone to high school with Natalie Holloway, that being able to tell a story and have the texture of really the environment or the school or the town or the place or, you know, whatever it is, it it adds so much. And so I think. Mm that has been something that we've wanted to do. And Alexandra has always been the type of person who wants to go to the scene of the crime. For me, it's like, it's hasn't been as important to me, but with Moscow, I feel like it really is. I yeah. want, and it's not as much, you know, the, the, the normal, like the house, I we're of course going to go there, but I just think that the people who live around that house are probably so sick of. Oh, yeah, um, especially after the Nancy Grace fiasco. I know, which people. I gotta tell y'all, I love Nancy Grace. I gotta say it. <laughs> yeah, I think for us, like it's really important through our podcast that we're able to advocate for college students being able to be college students and the opposite of Nancy Grace, where she's saying, you know, I I was listening to her reporting and she was like, I'm standing outside the house and these girls, they didn't have a chance. Mm -hmm. You can see right into, and it's like, you should be able to be 19, 20, 21 years old and live in a house where, you know, someone can see that you're, you know, unpacking your DoorDash in your kitchen and they're not going to you. Like, what is this where, you know, and you should be able to have parties with 150 people and not be scrutinized for letting strangers into your house. I think that Alexander and I very much come from this place of, you know, we in so many ways, like felt as if we should have had these four years in college where we could just not worry about a lot of these things in the real world that, you know, you have heightened sensitivity to when, when you're an adult and to really, you know, be able to tell that story from the place that Moscow is, which is a place that hadn't had a homicide in seven years where, 
you know, it's celebrated for being this pocket of Idaho that has, you know, good food and culture and, and the arts and all of these things. And the last thing anyone is thinking about there is getting murdered. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But since you mentioned it, I do want to talk about your podcast. That's so exciting. Yes. They're coming out the new, they're launching a podcast, people. What's going to be the name? What's that? You said a company. It's, yeah, tell, me, tell me how this started. Everything. What's going on? It's yeah. called um, The Unspeakable. And a friend of my brother actually in New York reached out um, after seeing my Instagram stuff. And he's a producer. Um, and he just asked us if we'd be interested. He said that, um, you know, they would produce it, they would edit it, they would do all of it. And so Savannah and I literally spend like, 80% of our days talking about the Idaho case. So I was like, this would be per- a perfect project for both of us. So that's kind of how we- That's amazing. Is it going to be one that's story awesome. or is it going to be a case every episode? It's going to be a case per season. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. awesome. So the first yeah. one being Idaho, that's what yeah. that's going to take out of Moscow. That is so exactly. awesome. That's amazing. I love that. When are y'all, When's it launch? Do y'all know, um, do y'all know yet? Savannah, what's the schedule like? So I think she's better with logistics. (laughs) You know, I think that we feel since this is, since this is in the news, like we're definitely feeling the pressure to get it out, but um, we're planning on releasing the first three episodes in March and we're going to Moscow in the end of February. So we're test recording right now and just figuring out how, you know, (laughs) it's really funny. We did our first test recording yesterday and it was like, we had a little bit of a script. I don't know if you guys had this in the beginning, but it sounded like we were just like a script, you know, like you uh, go and now I'll go and you go. Like it was not. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We can't do uh, that. We never, we never did that. Yeah. <laughs> we're never going to do it again. It would fail <laughs> miserably. It needs to be a fluid conversation. Totally. Like you're just chatting. Um, yeah. That is so exciting. Good for y'all. So are we thinking second Ew. season might be Mara Murray? <laughs> I know. I think so. Sass. Really? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm so happy that you all are interested in Maura Murray, but it's the fact that that case is, I know it happened, what, 20, 25 years ago at this point, but to me that it isn't, <clears throat> it doesn't have more kind of like public interest in it. It does worry me about devoting an entire season to mm-hmm. it. And also because it really is stagnant right now, where I think it's interesting to us to cover a case where you know, you know, for instance, with Idaho, the preliminary hearing is coming up in June. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll go back for that trial in June and for these two trips to kind of bookend our reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do for just going back to like us being interested in these cases that hit close to home. I ran cross country in high school with with Maura Murray. So she was she grew up in New Hampshire and I went to boarding school oh in New Hampshire. God. And so oh. we're in different leagues, but I was a cross country and track runner and she ran at West Point, then got kicked out of West Point and went to UMass Amherst. Mm-hmm. So, and we graduated from college or we would, she would have graduated the same year. You know, we were born the same year. Oh, we, wow. So like, it really hits home. That different mm-hmm. kind of as, yeah. you know, at that age and in that time and like New England and like, you know, 2000 or whatever. Um, and so I think those are, you know, and her disappearing in the white mountains of New Hampshire, like that's a place that I know pretty well. So, so it does have all of the makings in terms of us feeling like being able to identify with Mora and with, and being able to, to tell that story in a unique way. We just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I am worried that people aren't as interested in it as we are. Well, for uh, a little background, people who probably don't know Mara Murray, and I'm, I might let y'all recap it, recap okay. it, <laughs> recap. That's what it sounds like. You said wreak havoc. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Maybe a little synopsis. Cause we've talked about cases where like, everyone knows that one. Yeah. And, like, people and text people me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like a niche case. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maura Murray was a college student at UMass Amherst in, I think it was 2003 or 2004 when this happened. And there were a series of events that happened at school that were were odd, I guess. Um, but it culminated in her leaving uh, campus one night, going to the ATM, taking out all or most of her money, going to a liquor store, purchasing the very typical liquor that uh, that a you know 21 year old would have bought in 2004 and um, getting in her car 
and driving into the White Mountains of New Hampshire, a place that she was pretty familiar with being from New Hampshire and also having gone to ski trips on ski trips nearby there. And um, she essentially drove off the road, got in a bit of an accident. There was snow everywhere and it's nighttime and she may or may not have been drinking. And she sort of got out of the car and there were a few witnesses. There was a bus driver. There was mm-hmm. someone in the house near the Westman's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone said to her, do you want me to call the police? And she said, no, I already did. She said she called AAA. Yeah, yeah. AAA, yeah. And then she disappeared. Just vanished. Yeah. Just and vanished. I remember the dogs lost her scent, you know, halfway up the road. Mm-hmm. So that could indicate oh, that she was picked woods. up. So yeah. there could have been yeah. footprints had she just disappeared into the woods. Yeah. Right. So we wonder, is was it a tandem driver or was it just a crazy and serial killer who happened upon her? Which the is guy, wild. The guy who said she called AAA lived on that street or something. Yeah. It was like, there's no service up here. I know she yeah. made it through to AAA. He went and called 911. Yeah. But she was a little like on probation or something. Maybe she just didn't yeah. want the cops call because she didn't want to be in more trouble or totally car accident and she had been Mm -hmm. she had been in a little bit of trouble like sort of minor things here and there so i think she got caught stealing at west point which was a big big no-no right right yeah Um, yeah. credit card credit card at umass amherst i think also right to get pizza right Um, it's just one of those things like what happened something happened yeah. to her and she just disappeared I think people will be interested in that because mind you um Tara Grinstead's case was cold before Payne Lindsay picked it up and you know really ignited that fire again and he took off because of it you yeah that's the ultimate goal also to cover a case that is really cold and to maybe be able to turn over some stones that haven't been turned before that lead yeah. to answers. I mean, I think that that's Alexander's friends with all of Maura Murray's um, family members and ex-boyfriends on social media. I, yeah. Um, and they're so accessible. Like I'll have conversations with her ex-boyfriend um, who she was dating at the time of her disappearance. And he's just like to- an open book. So really? in terms of getting interviews with people, we could totally do it. You know, that's amazing. Oh, I, I know I sound, I sound crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember I screenshotted our conversation, me and the boyfriend and sent it to Savannah. And she was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> this is like a like next level. You no, know? a reporter's no. got to do what a reporter's got to do. You got to be shameless and just go for it. That is yeah. Amazing. Especially so if you respond, you could have easily just been like, oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But you just yeah. responded. So- Y'all, that case reminds me so much of the, have y'all ever heard of Brandon Swanson? Yes. That, I'm just what like, and I'll, happened? I'll recap for the listeners, but 2008, Brandon Swanson, I think he's a senior, went to a graduation, graduation party. It's kind of the same thing. He got in a little bit of a wreck, put his car in the ditch, but he couldn't get it out. Not a huge deal. It was right before midnight. He called his parents and said, I need you to come get me. They couldn't, they got in their car to look for him. They couldn't find each other, but they're on the phone for like 45 minutes. He was like, all right, screw this. I'm going to walk to, I see a gas station and the next County or town over, um, from where he lived. And he's like, I'll just walk there. And he's like, okay, we'll stay on the phone with you. And then he said, oh shit. And it went silent and he has never been oh seen God. or heard from again. I'm like, not a trace, not a trace. They found his car and his car was not in that town that he thought he was in. It was like 15 miles or something north Wild. of that. It's just so, and I'm like, what happened? Oh I my God. bring it up to my husband at least once a month. I'm like, what do you think happened to Brandon Swanson? He was like, I well, need to look that up. I've never heard of that. So insane. He's like on the phone with his parents. They're I even think at one point him and his mom got in a little argument because she was like, we are driving around, we're flashing our lights. So you mm-hmm. don't see us. And he was like, no, and he was like, all right. And I think hung up. And then his dad called back and was like, Hey, we're just going to meet you at that gas station. Just walk towards it. I'll stay on the phone with you. And I just, I'm like, he just said, Oh shit. As if he fell or oh something. And he's just never heard from her. So again. eerie. He, that was in Minnesota. And my husband's like, if he, and my husband's theory is if he went on the, if his ditch was on someone's farmland, he thinks that you don't fuck with farm owners. He was like, oh, I think yeah. he saw someone trespassing on his property and killed him. But I'm like, you, that's not an oh shit moment. That's like a, yeah. hey, hi, hi, my car broke down and I, I'm yeah. on the phone with my parent. I'm like, I just don't think. And then a lot of people on Reddit, right? Like, I think he fell into a sinkhole. I'm like, 
I don't think they have singles in them. Uh, I don't know. Reddit is so funny. Reddit is just all over the place. Reddit's the so wild, entertaining. Wild west. It really is. <laughs> wild, wild. It'll make or break you. It really is. Same with the Facebook so group, the Idaho Facebook group. Oh my this God. This is like getting ridiculous. I'm not, yesterday I read on the Idaho Facebook group. It's, it actually may have been Reddit. I don't even know. So if Brian was seen wearing a mask, is anyone cur- else curious what his stance on COVID was? I'm like, where where are we going? What are oh we my doing? god! I know Where's... someone wanted to set up a reenactment and put like a plastic knife, like and like that. have four or five people like pretend to be the roommates and then maybe get a dog to pretend to be Murphy. Like, I can't. I next level. That. I saw that. I'm like, and do what? And they were that? dead serious. I know. Dead serious. It wasn't even a joke. You know, the rabbit like, holes. I can't. Yeah. That's why I can't keep up. Like, just let the police you know the police have already done something of that nature oh, totally. <laughs> yeah Leave don't it worry about them. it plastic <laughs> knife not necessary oh my Good god, god. hilarious yeah. what else is on here sorry sorry jacob hold on i, I feel jump. like he's like air traffic control like he's like <laughs> jacob our level still good. also like you are all insane by the way yeah, yeah. he's he's like i'm out i'm going to the bar he's like, he's he's out. like boys do not get it i'm like i know y'all don't get it because y'all are always the murderers y'all are always I the know. assholes in the story <laughs> i wouldn't and like it either secretly like pain does that my husband does that shit to me like you're crazy you're psycho and then we, we i turn on the dateline and i catch him watching he's into it he knows i'll tell him a story the latest story he i know they he are actually it. secretly yeah. into it. even like, when i'm like right, i need a palate cleanser we can watch bob's burgers or something he's like no no dateline's good I'm like all right yeah i bet it is <laughs> yeah that's right oh my god it's hilarious but we are pretty batshit crazy i guess and we were advised by someone who does podcasts a lot. She actually worked for Girls Gotta Eat podcast. Wait, oh, hold yeah. on. Edit Ashley Heseltine. Yeah. Heseltine. Yeah. yeah. I know oh, her because yeah. um, we. I used to have a blog when she had a blog and I made like a guest cameo on her blog. Oh, I hate the word oh. blog. I'm sorry. I've just said it like 20 times. But, um, <laughs> well, smallest world. She's great. She's so say. successful. She's, I'm like, you're the most yeah. successful 24-year-old I've ever met. What? I think she's like 40. She's not 24. Oh, There's no we're talking about Bella. Are oh, you working oh. Ashley? Yeah, I, I know Ashley Heseltine. Heseltine, oh. I guess. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what? No, she's not 24. I'm sorry. I thought you meant Bella. That's who we spoke to. But I did email <laughs> Ashley yesterday, actually. She's so nice. Yeah. They're it, crushing it. They're killing within it. Within five yeah. years. They like launched five years ago. Amazing. That's the dream. But Bella, who worked at Girls Gotta Eat, um, said that we are only, what was it, Rach? We're only 4% in the podcast game. She like took a class at NYU and we were like, well, we're scared we're b- behind in podcasting. Like a true, that- two girls coming on talking true crime is not new. She's like, podcasts are not, they haven't even blown up yet. You're still in the beginning yeah. stages. We're only at 4% of where it's projected to be in five wow. years or something. Is it, was was like, it that low? 4%? Yeah, I remember it was 4%. And I was like, that makes me feel amazing. Yeah. That's so interesting. So yeah. interesting. They're like, a oh, podcast have just begun. I'm like, and encouraging. Oh. Cause we were like, why don't we do this five years ago? Right. It was like, no, unnecessary. So yeah. So thought we'd share. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I've been covering the Murdoch case pretty. Oh, that bastard. This- I know. And it's so funny because everyone who came to my page to learn about Idaho, they're messaging me. They're like, what are you doing? Like, stop talking about this like Southern guy. You know, it's like all <laughs> Southern people are interested, but everyone else in the country is like, we don't care. Go I'm back to from Idaho. Alabama, live in Georgia. And I, for some reason, I cannot get on board with that family. I think they're all assholes. Paul yeah. didn't deserve to It's just so cut die. and dry. Yeah, but he's an asshole. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's the whole, for me, what got me into the Murdoch case is the boat crash, right? I right. Mean, yeah have sort of similar characters in a way to the students in Idaho where you have these, is it, was it four of them or six of them, six of them, right? Who were in the boat. Yeah. 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 Six. Oh yeah. Yeah. Three couples. Yeah. And I mean that Mallory beach, like I just want to, you know, hug her parents forever and that you have, you know, this footage of them going to the bar when they really probably should have called it a night. And you Mm -hmm. sort of feel like you were along this journey with them. They were like at an oyster, you know, shucking situation Mm -hmm. and, 
drinking White Claw. Right. Yeah. You know, with Paul using Buster's ID to go to the gas station from the beginning of like really to even, anyway, you feel like you were on that journey and that that was probably a night that you could have been part of when you were 19 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, that's what got me into it. And that it seems as if, um, Alec is using the fact that so many people wanted to retaliate against Paul after crashing that boat and really being responsible for Mallory's death that night mm-hmm. as a reason to kill, you know, him and Maggie. And that that's his whole kind of from the beginning, you know, when the cops came that he was really like, I don't know if you know about my son, but he was, in yeah, a- he said it right away. And it's to me, that's the really that boat crash. Like I'm sort of so over like Alec and I think he's just so repulsive and, and, you know, stealing from all of these people that, we're so vulnerable is just makes my skin crawl. But, but that boat crash, man, you know, if it, if it hadn't happened and I I was listening to a podcast that really talked about how Mallory was an angel in some way, who was looking out for all of these people who took advantage of because the way that it was in that town in South Carolina and the power that, that, that the generational power that that family had with law enforcement and with the legal system, they would have just kept on going. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Mallory that boat crash and her dying that was what changed everything so anyway so I, much to light right yeah, um, it, I think that it's a fascinating case for that reason it is that mm-hmm. incident made the house of cards start falling yeah mm-hmm. but it's when mm-hmm. that the more that comes out about that freaking family I'm like this is so infuriating it's the it's May been- Stephen and Mallory's um those are, I'm like, my heart goes out to y'all for some Paul obviously did not deserve to die, but they all just seemed so, so entitled. Entitled. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I couldn't think of. Seeing the footage <laughs> from that night and the way he was acting, like he was, you know, really, really drunk. And I guess he had this sort of alias, this, was oh, it Tim oh yeah. What was his name? And his hands would go like this. Yeah. Like, so freaky but we all had that friend in college right who like just turned totally situation right who is just a general asshole but not he hit his girlfriend in front of everyone like I'm like you're a monster for a what were you 19 years old at the time I'm like look at how he grew up he was like handed everything he got away with everything the amount of power they had that's what's infuriating that's That's why I'm like like, I can't follow it I I almost can't follow it because he pushed the housekeeper down the stairs yeah oh yeah like I mean I don't know if that if everyone feels that way but I and and she loved him you know she yeah yeah. she like raised him yeah she raised Mm -hmm. him yeah I I mean yeah he awful I agree no he didn't deserve to but to die yeah like he was really an entitled pretty horrible prick yes i do love saying that house of cards fall though Um, yeah i know know, it's interesting kind of bringing this conversation full circle is you know you had steven who died and you have the housekeeper who died and it's interesting that it took kind of the you know poster girl beautiful blonde haired girl to die for this you know spotlight to be put on this case and for the house of cards to fall so it's sort of like the you know i'm not i i don't know i'm very like torn on on all of this but it is interesting how it kind of goes back to the beautiful blonde girl oh my god yeah. you're right yeah, yeah. Fascinating. You know, all of these vulnerable people were wronged and you know the 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 guy who was a was he a paraplegic or a quadriplegic and he was oh, yeah. you know, a football player in high school this is the worst one and him and his mother were in a car accident and he was put on life support. And um, anyway, Alec Murdoch was representing them and stole so much money from them. And you know, that that wasn't what made the house of cards fall. It was beautiful Mallory beach. And so it's a screwed up world that we live in, but it it is. is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. That is really interesting. You're right. You're absolutely right. And before I did say made, I meant housekeeper. I know that's not PC. Oh yeah, it's like stewardess, flight attendant. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but I did catch that after I said I should have had whatever. I should have corrected it then. (laughs) Just correcting myself now. God, that is so interesting. You're right. That does go back to the whole blonde hair, blue eyed, white chick. That's why everyone took attention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's fucked up world, but. Been like Nicole Brown to really bring it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like I wonder if he had been married to someone different, if it wouldn't have had the same kind of hype. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting to think about. 
God, this has been great. Mm-hmm. So fun. I don't want to go back to work. I know. Me neither. Come on, people. Everyone listen to both of our podcasts so we can just do this full time. (laughs) How many times do we have to ask? (laughs) Yeah, for real. Come on. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank y'all so much. This has been so much fun. We're honored to have had y'all as our first guest. Again, The Unspeakable will be out hopefully in March keep an eye out for it. They have been, and, and just follow Instagram or do you have an Instagram page yet for the, no, we're going to make one. And I guess we have to make a TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok is, is where your, it's at. Your, it's going to be your best friend. Instagram, our be, Instagram sucks. I feel like people are so mean on TikTok, like the yeah. comments. Really? Okay. I've actually gotten that many bad comments, but yeah, TikTok's been, our Instagram sucks. is just, well, the, there's not a huge following TikTok. Yeah. You get one good video and yeah, how did, in do you guys follow Ashley Mary? She has like Who's half that? a million. She covers like all the cases, Idaho, but um, I'll send you her handle. She's really great. Oh, oh. yeah. No, yes. we do not follow her. Good. Oh, but we will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. TikTok will be your best friend. But there, the videos are hard. <laughs> Just as it's long hard. as I don't have to like dance and stuff, oh. whatever they do. <laughs> you have to, you have to do at least one challenge a week. And yeah. I feel like I'll be the oldest person on TikTok. No, <laughs> you'll be surprised. We, yeah. It, it is hard, but that following, that's just where it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so when that happens, follow y'all's personal Instagram. Um, well, or you're public, right? Alexandra? Yes. Okay. So Al Bunting has all the Idaho deets. I'm sure she'll, she'll let us know when Instagram and TikTok and all of that is live. So follow along. And everything is in my highlights. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All my That's stories right. are saved in my highlights. Good That's point. right. Yes. Point. So good. Well, so y'all, thank fun. y'all so much. This was so much fun. So fun. Thank you guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.